What's going on, Chooms? John John the Wise here, and you are listening to Night City Council, and I am here with none other than the balance, the balance, the mayor of Balance Town himself, James Hutt. How are you, James? I'm doing great. I'm and I'm joined here today by the wise John. John. The Johnest of all Johns. The Johnest of all Johns. <laughs> John John the Wise. Uh James, I missed Good to you see man. you again. It's so we missed a month. Dude, we missed a month. We yeah, have to I'm, tell them we missed it. I'm we so can't sorry. And like we didn't. But listen, it took us a month to get a nice microphone and webcam. So I know that all of you out there are gonna enjoy that. <laughs> so yeah, we're back. James was on vacation, then he came back, and then Things were busy, and we finally got the day down. We're here. We're recording Night City Council, so we do apologize for the delay. But, James, before we get into your trip to Paris and Origins and the two DLCs that we we're going to talk about today, you got something to tell us about James Hut Games, don't you? All right, all right. So, yes, quickly, before all the video viewers click off the video, uh, the <laughs> James Hut Games update is uh, Sugarworm Village, an upcoming horror game, our first game out of james hut games is uh almost feature complete and uh you got to join the newsletter at jameshutgames.com uh so that you can play test it if you want to play test it you get your name in the book hey wouldn't that be fun um anyway uh that's the update there and uh exciting announcements in there you know we signed paper with an artist that's fantastic and you'll learn all about it in the newsletter that's all we're talking about that here today. That's right. Um, and you can sign up to that news. Fun. You can sign up to that newsletter by going to James T. Hutt. No, no, no. No, James Hutt. James Hutt Games.com. James Hutt Games.com. Sign up for that newsletter and you will be updated on all the cool new stuff that James is doing. Yeah. Indie there it stuff. Is. Indie but, stuff. Um, we have tons of other things to talk about. Yeah, we really do. So let's get to that. Let's, so let's really just get, get to it. First of all, you went to Paris, uh, right? It was Paris, right? Yeah, I did Paris. Uh, it was a two-week trip. It was real nice. Um, first time for a lot of things. I'd gone to Paris before, but this is the first time going alone. So it's a different kind of vibe. Isn't um, it like a hell on earth over there right now? I let as soon as I left, all of this unrest <laughs> kicked off, and I don't know who started any of that. Oh, uh, I want. I, what a coincidence, huh? <laughs> I mean, it's almost like they needed help organizing something that they couldn't get it done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. no. Um, yeah, it, it, I'm glad I left when I did. Yeah, it, sound, it looks pretty dangerous for real. It looks like pretty wild out there. Ah, uh, well, they, they know how to do uh, unrest over there. Yeah, yeah, it's in their history. Indeed. Yeah. But, but their revolution is a part of their history as much as it is a part of ours. Exactly. You know, uh, we're not we, so different. We've all been there. <laughs> so sure. what was it like being in Paris? First of all, what was it? Did you do any work? Did you separate work? Were you like, what did you play any games? Did you, what did oh. you do? Okay. So I, um, I sort of used the time to try some new stuff and whatnot and I, I i wanted to do my favorite things while i was there so i did do some of the um some narrative design for uh indie stuff because you know it's a vacation from my job so i wanted to work on me things mm -hmm. so i did write about some stuff that hopefully will see the light of day uh, a couple of years into the future 
Um, but, uh, you know, it's exciting because Sugar Worm is almost done. Um, we're really just doing tweaks at the end of it right now. So I have all of this narrative indie stuff I want to get to after that. So I got to, to you know, sprinkle the seeds of, of the first bit of the next thing, which was great. Um, but no, I spent most of the time in museums and looking at awesome, crazy stuff. Um, like they have, a um, they have this museum that has like real skeletons, a bunch of real skeletons of like every animal you could think of all in one room in a giant diorama. That's pretty uh, cool, that dude. Was, that was wild. That was wild. And you go to, and you see those kind of things. Is it like the body exhibit museum. basically like kind of like that? it's totally different um because there are um because it's like an antelope skeleton standing next to a deer standing oh. next to a standing next to a horse and just right next to each other and it's uh you know it's it's a very unique thing i um i have a tiktok but i'm not ever going to post there ever again and uh, there is a video on there about it <laughs> That's I tried true. it out. I tried it out. Okay, I, I yeah. need to know what the kids are doing in order to properly. Honestly, it's it. it's addicting, dude. Once you get your algorithm set and TikTok knows what you like, they're good at showing you things that you like, dude. I I don't like watching TikToks. I think I only like making TikToks, and that's just because I like making things in general, and I can make other things. Well, look, we're all of us in the community are waiting for you to show us your dance moves on TikTok. So if you got that, there will, line there up, will be no, there will be no dancing. Uh well, you know, we can all dream and try to try to look forward. To I, am, I am a bard, not a jester. I'm a bard. There will be no dancing. <laughs> oh, that's good. So, um, did you play any tabletop games with people? Did you meet uh, any f stuff like that? Any fans? I I really tried to find our product in France. Oh, really? Just to just to see, I wanted to see one in the wild, like go on Safari, try to find a copy of Cyberpunk Red in the wild. In French? Nope. Well, it could be because barely it's sold any out. role play actually, though. Um, uh, just a lot of card card shops and board game shops. I think it's a it's less of a it's less of a it's a smaller niche there. I think that's interesting. And that's that's to be that I mean that's understandable. Different countries have different hobbies and niches and markets. What's big here might be smaller there. And I mean, I live in Seattle, Washington, next yeah. to Wizards of the Coast. Uh, of course, it's going to be bigger here than it is over there. Yeah, Italy has Italia has a giant Warhammer scene, like giant, gigantic, like. There's statues and stuff in like some shops and stuff like that. I think they're into the whole Roman, Greco-Roman thing. You know, that probably is a good way into Italy. <laughs> hey, I mean, fair enough. Yeah, so um, it is everywhere has its own little thing. But you know what? It's a worldwide global phenomenon is what's going on with cyberpunk, with Warhammer and all that. Yeah, I saw I saw some posters, but I wasn't able to sign any copies, which mm. is what I was looking for. Oh well. Yeah. Well, my sh local shop was out of the core rulebook for a long time. Uh, it it just like I think he has one left right now. Where if you're a local shop, we do direct sales. Go to our website. I think we've we'll, talked uh, about we'll this. Make sure we'll make sure we get it to you. I know we've talked we've talked about in this. In case before. you're listening. The thing is, these local shops, they want to work with their the guys that they know. 
like you know he goes through alliance alliance is terrible with shipping but he's like but hey, i know hey, the hey, guy allegedly allegedly speak no l that was just me speaking out of hurt okay because i've had to wait a long time a couple times don't spread your hate no you're right you're absolutely right james <laughs> James and Nortel Soren does not endorse any of the dumb things that come out of my mouth. Okay, guys. <laughs> but enough of me. Let's talk about uh, when you got back. As soon as you landed, they're like, "All right, get back to work. You're going to Origin." <laughs> yeah, yeah. As soon as as soon as we landed, um, we were we had a couple of days back, and then off to Origins. That was pretty wild origins is crazy i hadn't gone but i used to live in columbus ohio so i was like hanging around my old hometown um and that was crazy because origins happened to be uh located the same place that my old anime convention the anime convention of my youth used to be located oh yeah that was that was very nostalgic for me did you ever uh, dress up Oh, absolutely. Oh, nice. I was the president of the anime club. I have to dress up. Oh, well, then you have to. I didn't know you were president, dude. That's yeah, You have to set a good example. I was going to say you were a senpai, but no, you're a sensei, dude. That's we what the master. Um, anyway, uh, so that was really cool. And uh, yeah, um, so I'll, we were just there to... Honestly, we were invited because of the award ceremony. And we were kind of checking the place out, you know, trying to figure out what's new in gaming, as always, when we're at a convention, meet some people, made some great connections. Um, hopefully, uh, we get to talk more about that down the road. But um, the big thing, uh, not to gild the lily or anything, but cyberpunk, cyberpunk was accepted into the Origins Hall of Fame. Pretty big. So, any hall, of fame. any hall of fame any hall of fame is big yeah that's that's the that's the big award that you want to win in this industry um i mean we can't win spiel diaris we're not a board game yeah. so that's uh that's the that's the big thing and it was uh it was really crazy uh i still don't fully believe it and i still haven't fully put two and two together but it's it's just very humbling and um you know it's it's awesome yeah, I mean, obviously, it's well-deserved. Um, oh, you know. and so many people over so many years since the dawn of this franchise have put in the work to get here. And it's a win for everybody, uh, including, yeah. by the way, Cyberpunk fans. So thank mm -hmm. everyone that's listening to this. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, it cements Cyberpunk, the Artelsorian game Cyberpunk, as being one of the staples of Cyberpunk RPGs. Yeah, There's it, so many out there, but this one cements it as like, hey, if you want to play Cyberpunk, this is the one that everybody plays. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, fair, fair. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's nice to be in a, such a, a lofty circle that yeah. of the people that have that, you know. Indeed, yeah. there, Pathfinder is there, etc. It's nice to be in the same breath. Yeah, it's great, man. It's great, man. I, I, I'm really proud of all of you guys and all the hard work that you guys have put in. It's awesome. It's great to be a fan of such a cool company and a cool franchise, and for you guys to win that award, it was very well deserved. Any accolades you guys get, I'm 100 percent behind. 
right, well, it, you're kind of biased. So I am maybe, very maybe much a little so. bit biased corporate <laughs> stage. Yeah, dude. But I'm all in, dude. All right. I'm all in on this. Hey, hey at least you know where you are. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. So after Origins, by the way, anything of notes, any special games that you played, anything fun? <laughs> or was it just... I awards? spent a lot of money on Dice. Oh, it happens. Look, it happens. Oh, it got, it, they got you that day, huh? They, they got me pretty bad. They got me pretty bad. Do you have some oh. around? No. I see you looking at stuff. <laughs> No, I don't have any. I don't have anything to get off my chest at the moment. Okay. We can we can do a whole video on on that. You show them all your fun toys, and I'll show them all my fun toys. But yeah. that's not here. This is not on Night City Council. No, Night City Council. Topic. No, no, no. That's that's not what it is. So yeah, congratulations to Artel Sorian Games and everything. Well deserved. Let's talk about DLC. Some of the stuff that you guys worked yeah. on. Why you won awards is because uh, because of stuff like this. That's why. And we're behind. We got two DLCs that we are behind on. True. Yes. We got to get catch up. So the first DLC we're going to be talking about is Stickball, the sport of the street. Yeah, it's finally here. Stickball. I've been trying to make this DLC for months, dude. I know. Um, uh. and, and it's a fun street sport in Cyberpunk Red. There's so many narrative reasons why to have, uh, why you would have it. Uh, there, it's cool to introduce to your players. But why don't you give us the idea of where this came from, Stickball? Okay, so um, there are a lot of gangs in Night City, um, but there's like kind of two tiers of gang in Night City. There's rip your face off gangs, and there's not gonna rip your face off gangs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bunch of I'm not calling them A-listers and B-listers because there's A-list, not rip your face off gangs. Um, you know, uh, but there's these incredibly violent gangs and they do not play this. They do not play stickball. They no. play different games. They they win they win terrible prizes by they playing play, terrible games. They play stickball, but it's a grenade involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and you're playing so against your is, friends and they're watching you. So here's the thing. This is a narrative high point that you can do with those gangs that aren't bozos who are not going to play this with you, the maelstrom who are not going to play this with you, etc. Um, you know what I mean? They might play it with themselves, but they're not going to actually use this as a uh, as it's what it's used on the street for, which is solving conflicts without gunfights. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway. Um, this gives you a, uh, so if you're a game master and you need a high point for a, uh, a gang fight in between two gangs that, well, they're not necessarily one of the rip your face off ones, like the primetime players, for example, mm. um, or the, uh, the voodoo boys, if they got, if you got them in your game, uh, anyway, um, this gives them that. Also, um, this totally existed in 2020 uh, in some of the Nomad books. This is a total thing. So I wanted to bring it forward and make it playable um, as its own rule set that also integrates with the rule set of Cyberpunk Red, kind of like how Elfines Online integrates with the rule set of Cyberpunk Red. 
Yep, and the whole cheating uh, card game thing. There's there's all kinds of you yep. guys use the base mechanics to make a new mechanic, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, stuff to uh, to play on the stuff your players already know, and then build on it for an interesting scene. Um, it's one of those DLCs, and you know I love those doing those DLCs. That's why I've done so many of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I should slow down um, <laughs> and focus on other DLCs. You want more another award or what, man? More more <laughs> narrative based ones. I don't think there's another award we can get in that area. We'll make a new one, okay? Ah, <laughs> uh, we'll do it for the people, not for the awards, man. Of course. Anyway, um, so this so. Essentially, the cool uh, another cool way to sell this to you, um, because this is all too complex for me to explain the rules to you right now, <laughs> is if you like Blood Bowl. If you like Blood Bowl, this is essentially Cyberpunk Blood Bowl. Or uh, remember NFL Blitz? NFL Blitz, there you go. Yeah, think um, NFL Blitz. So you, it's essentially a playable war game within Cyberpunk. Uh, skirmish war game uh, with a non uh, with you know interesting scoring mechanisms in it that aren't necessarily kill them all because that's just normal skirmish war game um, yeah. honestly that's just like the typical combat in cyberpunk so this gives a uh, sort of a, a bookend to put around a scenario to make it sort of playable on table I will say that um, it makes a pretty good two-player skirmish war game experience in case you need more things to do when people don't show up to your cyberpunk game and you only have one guy and you there and it happens man it, always, um, it happens a lot yeah and this is something to pull out of your back pocket and have a roaring good times the week after when you know the other people show up and are like oh i'm so sorry i missed it you'd be like oh my god we had so much fun yeah you missed this awesome thing. You missed it. We played stickball and you guys were at home doing what? You know? Working. Watching the new dinosaur movie on You were Plus. working overtime, whatever that means. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you had to pick up your dog at the vet. Yeah, come on, man. We've heard it all before. You had a colonoscopy. Yeah, whatever that even is, okay? Sounds like a good time. Uh, um, no, it's not. It involves <laughs> Pedialyte. Anything that involves Pedialyte is not a good time. True. You know what? You might be right. It's not a fun time. But you're talking about a game that has like lacrosse elements with like uh, violent street sports. Yeah. Um, it's very much uh, like pickup basketball. Um, there's uh, passing and shooting range tables, uh, mechanics for stealing mechanics for um escalating the game there's a whole table where like you know we're making it interesting like w number one on the table is let's do this without armor number two is you can't beat us on our home turf you know all these things change the entire aspect of the game so those are kind of like so i don't know if y'all have seen an anime called air gear <laughs> I've heard of. I'm sad that I've heard of it, and I know what it is. Isn't that the volleyball one? No. Oh, okay, then never mind. No, Air Gear is is a really cool anime about <laughs> about having rocket powered skates and doing sick tricks and 3D animation. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Back when that was really revolutionary and very cool. 
Oh, was it like during the time of Reboot? Remember that show, Reboot? No. No? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. But um, but that's just, I don't know. I, I don't, I slightly remember Reboot. Was that that like very, very, we're getting off topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, so anyway, it's basically it. the escalation part lets you bring the drama from your campaign into this sub game um, and make it matter more reputationally or have some smack talk happen before a uh, before a match and um, it integrates it with the face down system so that uh, let's say somebody spills a drink on you or something and they're a member of a different gang you could be like well that was an offense and we're gonna take this up on the court and if you say no then you kind of suck. Yeah, you do you say no. You you have to say yes, uh, or uh, or suffer the consequences to your reputation. Yeah, um, you'll be known as the one that said no, the one that said no and wouldn't you know play a ball game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. How dare you not play basketball with me? <laughs> this is a sports anime. Come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So all of the traumatic sports anime bad team good team stuff can happen in your game um, yeah anyway oh and uh the sticks are uh, are these custom lacrosse sticks that have a magnetic pouch um so you can carry multiple balls at once and do like multi-ball 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 uh stuff with them but also uh become electrified when the ball when any number of the balls get in there because the balls are also electrified yeah. Uh, so you can uh you win. You can one of the ways you can win is by getting all three of the balls and then just beating the uh opposite team senseless until they get knocked out and then putting them all in the goal, like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> Dude, that's an ultimate flawless There really victory. are no rules. It's, yeah. it's just a alternate victory mechanic is you playing the actual game. That's awesome. Well, uh Dawn Davis, a concerned mother, says stickball teaches kids to be violent and brings them together with criminals. We must eliminate our school's lacrosse team immediately at is as it is a known gateway to stickball. Yeah, well, clutching your pearls. Don Davis is back once again. Don Davis is uh that's I think that's the fourth Don Davis quote in 2045. <laughs> She's just a concerned mother, right? She has a lot to be concerned about. The the, the dark future is rough. It's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh man. So, yeah, um what uh, the first thing that jumps to me <clears throat> with something like this is there is an NPC that's a valuable NPC and the players are looking for that NPC and they hear a rumor that that player is always at the stickball games, you know, always playing stickball. That's like their thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's just another excuse to get your players to go and try to find this person, maybe get engaged in a stickball game. It gives them a little bit of reputation, a little bit of juice, and helps them with the interrogation of the person that they're supposed to get help with. Because remember, snitches and informants, that's that's something that shouldn't be existing on the street. But you can sweeten the pot, you know, you can earn respect, and that's a little bit different. 
So I I will mention one other thing, and that's it has a awesome fiction piece in the beginning by a new character that's a member of the Piranhas that gives more lore about the Piranhas. And uh, it's also, there's a narrative fiction piece in this one that's a continuation of the uh, Molly Anderson mini storyline going on in the DLC. So it is it is a required uh, DLC for... Um, what do they call the Marvel movies that have the they come out in cycles? Oh, uh, phase phase one. Oh, it is a required reading for phase uh, phase three Cyberpunk Red. <laughs> Dude, I need to catch up. I didn't know we were at three. <laughs> I imagine there's been enough that we could have gotten to the third one by now. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And we love focusing on this on the uh, street level stuff uh, for Night City uh, in these DLCs, just because. That's a good place to do it, and uh, we get to give little vignettes about the street, which are really cool and uh, add color to the world. Uh, anyway, yeah, um, I think I think that settles that. That settles we have, that. We have um, more to do, more to talk about the street. Yeah, because you know, every now and then in a stickball match, it can be interrupted uh, when, let's say, like NCPD shows up, or somebody drives through the court in a punk knot mm, ah yes the dreaded punk knot maximum violence maximum speed this is a dlc uh talk about us talk to talk about it with us what is this dlc so this is a this is a jay gray original production um jay gray was the leading man on this one and this is this is a beauty of a dlc let me tell you, he did a fantastic job. Um, and uh, so this is bringing more content from 2020 forward. These are punk knots. Uh, if you're mm. a 2020 fan, you know what these are, but I got to explain what they are for everybody else because it's kind of weird. Um, I want you to imagine. Um, so you know that type of engineering that goblins can do in fantasy where they just weld stuff together and it works? This is like that, but for punks with um, AV4s engines. So they're strapping a bunch of stuff to like a hover thing and piping it all together and welding it. And it only needs to hold together for long enough for them to smash through an NCPD barricade and cause a bunch of damage. Yeah. Um, so this is, this is just a, uh, this is a siege weapon. Um, this is a, uh, a feat of um of what what is it it's a, it's a feat of uh meth engineering uh that <laughs> meth, <laughs> a meth project completely finished with like a a blueprint um this is a uh it's a it's just a big rusty pile of cars welded together to a jet engine screaming into your police department uh, this is this is the nightmare of the rookie cop, and yeah. uh, so this is a. I, I'd say this takes the place of a high story point for a um, reclaimers style thing, or a reclaimers gang style thing, or if you pissed uh, off some nomads. This is this is a boss fight for sure. Yeah, and um, or it could be the like end stage of a big heist or siege. Oh, we got to build this to get through this crazy thing. Um, 
I think. Uh, so this is this is in hundred percent. This is you use this and you find a place to put it. Um, it's uh, it's sort of unabashedly itself. Um, this is going to be crazy. Any scene that has this in it will be wild. Um, so it's an entirely modular system where you get to build your own punk knot um, based on the stuff you're putting into it. And then there are rules about salvaging the parts you're missing, the salvage person in charge, and then there's the building person in charge. And it's a bunch of people working together. It's a group project to build this thing. And uh, it's only going to last for a couple of hours. So once you fire up that engine, it's going. Um, anyway, so that is, that is, those are the rules there. I believe it has a new ceiling for damage on the combat plow on this, uh, on this buddy. Uh, you can put spikes on the front and get really, this is our, us at our most Mad Max. Yeah. And uh, we, we did it before they did it uh, in 2020, of course. But of course, they did it better in Fury Road. Everybody knows that. <laughs> no need to no need to harp on that. But we did it first. Yeah, yeah. No. I mean, the they put it on the cars together is uh, is is pretty well understood. Yeah, I mean, we all we all could put that together. Everyone could figure that. It's one. like two, seeing two Lego pieces. No one has to tell you that they go together. You know what I mean? It's true. It's true. <laughs> Two Lego cars. You're like, what if I put this car in that car like, to extend the car? This car is great, but what if we put another car on it? <laughs> yes. Every every planet that has invented cars has also invented stretch limousines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just the way, just the way engineering works. That's it. And uh, I mean, from the cover, it's a, it's pretty self-explanatory on what you're going to be building. This is definitely one of those group projects that you can do within your group. Um, you know, let's say that you guys have a big heist that you have to do and you're like, this is going to be impossible. How are we going to break into this facility? And someone says, well, you know, Artel Sorian did just drop this new DLC for something called a punk knot. Why don't we divert our campaign a little bit, get all the resources we need. There's step one, step two, step three, put our punk knot together, customize it, and then crash it straight into that place and do the different operations there's basic driving ramming there's maneuvers and also the death of a punk knot why don't you talk about that okay so um punk knots die in different ways than other cars do um, because they may explode um and those are just the rules around that um john john can you give us the uh, percentage chance of explosion yeah, so Punk Knot Explodes is one out of six. It's the six on the D6 scale. So what do we talk? What is that? 30, it's not 33%. No. What's one out of six? 22%? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? It's one, it's one out of six, guys. It's the six on a it's D6. One out of, don't listen to us. It's one out of six. We're it's just going to one out of the six. calculator function and do simple division. What What do we got? Uh, 16%. There you go. 16%. There you 16% chance for you to explode doing anybody within six meters or three squares on a grid takes damage as if hit by an armor piercing grenade that's 6d6 ablating two pieces of your armor 2sp of your armor so is, is that's also everyone that you just crushed into yeah exactly so you know 
But the bad Giant news fireball. The bad news it's also you and your friends. But you know, in for a pound, in for a penny, right? That the same thing, but I'll I'll say it the other way around. The right way. <laughs> the right way. Penny, you can say it that pound. way. <laughs> I'm, you're pounding, and then never mind. All right. So that's the punk not death table. So I'm assuming when it has zero SDP left, then it's time to roll on this table. It's time to roll. It's time to figure it out. Yeah. The best yeah, thing that yeah. can happen to you is you roll a one. It looks or no a roll a two. Engines roar to life. It bucks one last time, hurling at full speed in whatever direction, and it's treated like ramming. The punk knot and all parts are destroyed. Oh, okay, so you can you can divert it when it's gonna blow up. If you roll that, yeah. If you roll it too, yeah. So there's all kinds of fun stuff. Actually, I like to use this table for any AV. It. it I would say maybe the shittiest AV. The shitty know. AVs for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the sh the luxury ones have like you know safety Cruise control and safety. Yeah, stuff. yeah. They have all kinds of safety stuff because people fall from the sky all the time in AVs. Yeah, these are these are the uh, these are for the AVs without air conditioning. Yeah, yeah. We had to take that stuff out of the luxury car to make it a punk knot. So we <laughs> we yeah. took all the sensors and safety stuff out um so and then there's uh part of the mechanic of the punk knot is a time thing so like it takes time to like construct uh all the obviously it takes time to salvage as well but the construction time is what takes the most it's seven days to get the core of the vehicle uh dv15 and then all the other stuff that you want to put on it that also costs time mm -hmm. yeah so what's the idea of this whole construction time uh mechanic the idea is uh we wanted to give a satisfying way to make a modular punk knot creation system and there's really only two things that go into it time and materials cool i like um, it anyway that's, i was gonna say the simplest way to chop it up yeah i was gonna say alternatively you could uh you know a lot of my players always forget this i'm like look you guys are making money you can hire people to do stuff you don't have to go do things all the time it, it's true uh this is one of those dangerous jobs that maybe uh maybe you don't end up hiring the right people to get done yeah i mean there's always a risk when you hire people that's for sure and hey that's part of the adventure isn't it that's right. So maybe your crew is like, all right, we want a punk knot, but we don't really have time to deal with it because we got to go to that Arasaka facility and get some information off a laptop. All right. Why don't you have your little cousin be our runner, get some parts. We'll pay him. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's constructed exclusively by children. Exactly. <laughs> Just child labor. Hey, what is it? Generation Pull Red? Pull the lollipop stick. Start it. <laughs> Generation Red, dude. That's what it is. Okay. Ah. Uh. <laughs> so yeah there it is that's the punk knot i hope you guys like that uh why don't we do some questions let's talk about some questions here we got some questions from the community uh john john the wise at gmail.com that's where you guys could send me your questions so let's start here with sebastian mew who says how do i introduce previously powerful characters to a game with other starting characters and do I nerf things? Do I nerf players and NPCs? How do I do it? Thank you, Sebastian. Um, well, you know, that's a, I mean, oof, hard question. Um, NPCs? No, don't change them. 
Um, those NPCs should be the same as you saw them last time. The world doesn't change just because the players do. Um, players? Well, it depends. Um, if there are players that are like, I want to play my character from my old camp, from our last campaign, that's really cool. And there are other players that are like, I want to play something else. I want to play a new guy this time. Well, those are choices that people made. You should honor those choices as best you can. That means letting the guy from previous play his old guy with all their abilities and all the cool stuff and letting the guy that said, I want to play a new guy this time, let him play the new guy. Mm -hmm. Let him have the experience of being the newbie on the team. Um, the way the math works in cyberpunk with luck points and all that, um, all of the, uh, you know, the fairly high power level of starting characters, um, he'll still be able to do cool stuff. Uh, and, uh, I think that it's more important to, uh, you know, honor both of those choices than it is to scale people. Cause whenever you start touching somebody's character sheet to scale them, that's like their baby, man. That's their child. Um, they're more invested in that than they are in your world. Uh, likely. Um, or maybe not. I don't know. But uh, in my experience, players really don't like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, but it sounds like you're thinking about how to make a great experience for your players, which means you're a good GM. Hey, that's how it is. Yeah, no, For James is correct in that. So the thing about cyberpunk is uh, it doesn't matter how powerful you are. There's always going to be something that can defeat you, um, whether it's, you know, violent, violently in combat or you're, you know, I don't care how in max solo you are. If you're in a hideout and there's 30 goons in there, it doesn't matter. Just the action economy of rolling it rules as written, your character is going to die. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It, it it would have to be like a lot of crazy rolls to go your way for you to get out of there, which is fun. So I wouldn't worry about trying to nerf things or anything like that. There's always ways to counter everything. I always like to think of the fun factor. Is this character that's powerful, that's playing in the party, is this going to ruin the fun for everybody else? Or is it, or is there something I can do as a game master to make sure that that doesn't happen? Now, remember, like, you know, you can min-max a solo all you want, give them all the crazy gear that a tech gave them, but when they walk into a building and there's security there, the security can be like, whoa, 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 you are you look like a crazed killer, all right? Unless you know how to really hide it well, I don't trust you being in this building. Your friends can come, but you, I don't know about that. You know, stuff like that can happen. I don't mean to tell you to make that player sit out on a session. What I'm doing is giving you an example that the real world is, is is alive around your players. And if you're walking around looking like you're a mean killer, then people are going to react to that. And, and that doesn't mean that just because they have a powerful character that they're just going to resolve your every problem that you give them. I, I will say at the flip side of that, because we use that example a lot, Cyberpunk is also the system where... After when that interaction happens, the mean solo guy uses his face down, blows his luck on it, and is like, actually, you didn't want to do that. Yeah. And, uh, and they're like, 
they and they just get riz to death and sit <laughs> down and then let them enter in with all their weapons so there there's the there is the you want to have these face downs but the reaction to these face downs isn't for the players to back off and go the gm doesn't want me to be in the building with my guns it's the gm wants to realistically represent a world that doesn't want me to be in the building with my guns but i'm just too cool for that to happen which hey that's fair and square because what we're talking about is the immersion of the other players Mm-hmm. If if the solo just gets away with everything, then the other players feel like their experience has been diminished. Yes. So we and, just uh, we just have to make sure that, you know, we keep everything honest. Right. And sneaking the solo's guns in as the fixer that has all the conceal and reveal object things and doing heist stuff is benefited by having a more realistic world that's meant to be tackled as a puzzle in that way as well. Yeah. And, you know, having that one powerful character, that's a great narrative device too. It's like how many animes or movies have you seen where the group has that, you know, they have the Hulk, they have the, they have the Hulk. So like if they ever get into a really bad situation, they know they could unleash that guy. It doesn't ruin the entire movie. It's not like all Hulk so powerful. The movie sucks now. No, actually, it's used in like a, a great way to illustrate how powerful an enemy is and how great of an ally the Hulk that's is. A good, that's a good point. They do use the Hulk as a very like bounded narrative tool whenever he's in a movie. Yeah. I, I've noticed. Yeah. And uh, there are like narrative guidelines on when the Hulk is doing these things and uh, consequences and all that good stuff. You should yeah. be putting that in your games. Exactly. And when the Hulk fails, then as an audience, we're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? If the Hulk fails, what are we going to do? And that's that makes your characters feel, the audience feels. And um, I, I don't think you need to change anything. You, It is always good to know the intentions of your players, though. You know, if somebody wants to play a really powerful character and they're just like, hey, I just like to have, that's how I have fun. Um, okay, fine. As long as it's not at the expense of all the other players, you know what I mean? And, and they're being considerate, then I don't see a problem with it. So yeah, there it is. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, Have a session, have a session zero. Yeah. And, and have a session zero, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So I assumed you already did. We're we're just, I, I, high, it was a high level question. So I assumed you already knew. Yeah. Yeah. Session Uh, zero is extremely important to set up expectations and all that kind of stuff. All right, let's hit another one. Let's do another, another one. one. Another one from Sebastian. Uh, oh. how, how to determine how much time a side hustle takes as well as managing, installing cyberware and rest at the same time. So how do you juggle uh, going to a clinic, doing your side hustle and resting? Oh, um, I believe the hustle takes all week. It always takes seven days and it's designed that way so that you can fill in large gaps of time. Um, it's intentionally not designed to fill in short gaps of time because then you get like the, how do I make money while breathing thing where, you know, somebody gets up and they're relaxing and they're actually day trading the whole time. I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? No, it, it, cyberpunk says you're doing one or the other. Um, if you want to think of it as, oh, my character is narratively doing this stuff. 
um, and my character game mechanic wise is doing this stuff, that's fine. Um, but uh, it's there to balance large gaps of time, short gaps of time, and filling short gaps of downtime. That's inherently like the power of some of the character classes, um, the roles. Uh, so I would not change that. Also, you really don't make that much money hustling anyways, so it's always a third best option. Yeah, it's true. And the second players come up with a heist all on their own of how to make money, you know, like, wait, I know, I don't want to hustle this week. I've got a great idea. Isn't there a bank on 3rd Street that is the biggest? It just, just know when that happens because that is the, the biggest gift that players can give you as a GM. Yeah. Uh, because if it's their idea, they have to be uh, engaged for it, don't they? Yeah, if it's their idea, then they're basically telling you, this is what we want to do. And that's awesome. And I wish more players did that. Yeah. There's a, there's many ways to get that out of your players too. You know what I mean? That's why I use oh, yeah. the life path system too. Cause it's like, I don't have to guess like it's in your life path. If I guess, you know. I guess fair. That's a, that's a benefit of getting to of getting the choose on your life path, because if they choose on their life path, they kind of are pre-selecting that they want that. And then maybe they're more engaged. Yeah. I like roller choose. It just gives options, but. Yeah. I guess we should be very careful when somebody chooses life path and then chooses specific outcomes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, maybe that's the thing that they really enjoyed about the character. And they're like, I've had this idea every time I shower, shower thoughts. The character mm -hmm. grew up in a combat zone, you know what I mean? So you can definitely use that. All right. This is from Ivan. I will not try to... Okay, I'll try it. I'll try it. Last name. Uh, I think it's Polish. Dakivich. Dakivish. D-A-C. Dakivish. Ish? Okay. D -A -C -K. I don't. It's not on my screen. I'm, I'm going to go off of John John's pronunciation. There's C's and Z's and K's and W's and, and I'm saying Dakivich. I wish, I wish I was better at pronouncing that type of stuff. Pronouncing. So Ivan, write in and tell me how close I am, all right? Let us know. Okay, so... Give us a pronunciation guide, Ivan, please. This is from uh, Martial Arts. In the special moves section, mm -hmm. 179, we have Aikido Iron Grip, minus two for the target to escape the grapple. Mm -hmm. And Judo Escape Grip, escape grapple by beating a static DV-15, plus broken arm injury. My question is, if A is grappling B with the Iron Grip, and B meets the requirements to execute Grab Escape... Does Iron Grip count as a different grappling thing? Does Grab Escape take precedent? Does Grab Escape EV raise to 17 from the Iron Grip penalty? What are you thinking? I'm thinking this is a lovely question. Give me 10 seconds. Yeah, 179. You know, I didn't intend it this way, but I'm okay with it making it plus two harder to use your thing to break the grapple. Um, so I would say... Sounds good. So grab escape. Uh, it's TVs. a very it's a very edge case, but iron grip uh, affecting that edge case makes sense. That's the interplay between martial artists, right? Mm -hmm. um, I would say it's still pretty effing dangerous to try to iron grip somebody you know who can do this move. Um, and if you're willing to live on the edge like that, 
I see no reason why not to reward you for it. Yeah, it's true. You're iron grip someone that knows how to. You're break iron their gripping arm. someone who knows how to break an arm and get out of an iron, uh, get out of the grip. So you're you're really white knuckling down onto the danger there. It is a contest of champions, right there, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say dope. a plus two is not worth your arm. So uh, maybe consider uh, not. But uh, yeah. But hey, if you really need to get it done, give it a shot. There you go. Uh, all right, we got another another one from Ivan about the stickball DLC. Oh man, Ivan is coming through. Ivan's the chum of the this week. The Ivan show today. <laughs> In the description for the stealing action, it says that while wielding a stickball stick, you can steal a ball from an adjacent NPC mm-hmm. held in their own stickball stick, of course, and yes. any weapon. And the skill associated using any weapon and the skill associated with it. Okay. Uh, could you, for mm-hmm. example, give us an example of what that means? Okay. I'm going to pull up the stickball DLC. It's sure. a very specific question. Yeah. Cause there's uh, other parts to it. Uh, you want me to just read the stealing action? I have it right here. Ah, uh, let me pull it up too. Okay. No problem. So this is the steel action. Yeah. Okay. As an action while wielding a stickball stick, a player can make a one ROF attack against a target within two M yards using any weapon and the skill associated with it opposed by the target's athletic skill. That means you can shoot the guy as part of your steal attempt with the pistol in your other hand. That means you can punch the guy um, with the brawling uh, skill. That means... uh, yeah, that means anything. Yeah, so he's saying... Question. I think Ivan assumed you would pistol whip, but you're saying you actually shoot. You can actually you can shoot do, You can shoot the guy. If you're pistol whipping somebody, that's a brawling check. That's not a melee weapon check. Because it's not designed to be a melee weapon. It's designed to be a pistol. So you Unless sh- your pistol is also a melee weapon. Gotcha. So you shoot them. There is a, there's a whole section of uh, stickball ammo. Uh, yep. sanctioned rubber am- ammunition so yes you know. oh there's special rubber oh by the way there's special rubber ammunition in this that's tech modified to not have the downside of rubber ammo there you go so it's meant for this game um so you can use your favorite gun mm-hmm. to shoot your friends and it only hurts a lot <laughs> that's right um so you can also steal a stick ball with the grab action uh but going mm-hmm. next he says uh the rule only mentions that you can steal a ball in the adversary's stickball stick, but doesn't mention what happens if the ball's on there by now, pretty crispy hand. Does that mean that a handheld ball cannot be stolen? Uh, uh, does the rule say that it has to be in your stick? Yeah, if you succeed, you may choose to steal one of the balls locked, locked into their stickball stick into yours. So if it's not um, remember, it says you can always steal a ball without using a stickball stick by using the grab action. So that would be you have to grab a ball in their hand away with your hand. Got it. So if you want it out of the stickball stick, you can use your weapon. If you want to get it out of their hand, you have to use your the grab action. Mm-hmm. But when you do so, it electrocutes you. Oh, wait, wait. They can't have it in their hand. It electrocutes them. Nope. Doesn't it? It says you suffer 3d6 damage directly that doesn't mean they have to drop it they can keep doing it oh well true i mean 
The, so and yeah, actually, that's a that's a thing that you can do. <laughs> that's nuts, dude. So you can hold um, it in your hand, take the damage. Yeah, you can just electrocute yourself to to you know just take the, the kind of spike it into the goal if you really need to get past some people. And no one, and they it can't be stolen unless some mad lad, mad tomb like you does the grab action. I mean, alternatively, they can also grab you to stop your movement. Yeah. Do any number of things. There it is. Um, hit you in the head with their stick ball stick. By the yeah. way, you can aim for people's heads. There's no reason you can't use the, the aim for uh, head action with any of this stuff. So, there enjoy hitting people with the backside of head um, with a lacrosse stick, kind of like the Thatcher lacrosse team. <laughs> you know who you are. There you go. We got some rivalries going on here. All yeah, right. High school lacrosse is coming back to them. They'll get it. <laughs> yeah, that it'll, it'll make its rounds. It'll make the rounds. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's about it, Chooms. Thank you all for writing in. Uh, I, we really, really do appreciate all the love and support that we get from the community. Once again, we apologize for the delay in getting you this episode. But a man's got a vacation, you know? Uh, I'm I'm actually really excited to uh, the next couple ones. We got Gen Con coming up. Yes. We're going to have really exciting things to talk about after Gen Con, man. We are all waiting with bated breath. Well, I'm excited to talk about them here so people should come back for the next episode. Yeah. And we or the one after. Here. I don't remember when Gen Con is. I just know it's really soon and we're we are working real hard at the office. <laughs> yep, yep. I know you guys are always working hard. Uh, Combat Zone by Monster Fight Club should be coming out pretty soon, too. Rock on. Um, I'm not sure if it'll come out before Gen Con, but we're all hoping it does. Uh, they said it. When is Gen Con again? Why you can do this to me? Why do you do this to me, John? Why do you do this to me, man? I'm on a deadline. Just Don't stop. remind me how August many days 3rd. I have left. August 3rd. Okay, so August 3rd, oh, hopefully um, hopefully, I get my advanced copy of uh, Combat Zone before August 3rd, and then well, hopefully everybody gets it before August 3rd, but I think I might get my advanced copy by then. And then I'll talk to you chooms about it, so stay tuned to the channel. Well, then next episode, we'll definitely have Gen Con things to talk about. That is correct. We'll talk about games. I want to hear all about it. I want to hear all about the things that happened there. And then, of course, we'll talk about the amazing announcement that I'm sure you guys are going to drop on Gen oh, we got, we got, We're going to have some announcements. They're going to be good. Everybody's going to love them. We know. We know. The people know well, how we're this gonna, works. We're going to love them. We'll, we'll figure out how the people feel about it. <laughs> a little excited you, for that, by the way. Usually it correlates, you know. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Just look at Elf Lines. Everybody loves that. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody loves it. That's right. If you, All right. if you don't like elf lines, com comment on this video. Yeah. Make one. <laughs> yeah. If you don't like elf lines, <laughs> make sure you let us know in the comments. Make sure you let me know so that I can make another one. Yeah. How many of you are the. All two of you. <laughs> uh, anyone to do that will have elves named after them. Uh, that's great. That's great, actually. A raid, a dungeon raid. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, man. Sure. It's good to it's good to be back. Yeah, it's good. Good to have you back. I missed you, buddy. It's good to see you. Uh 
other than that i believe night city council is adjourned we'll see you guys on the next one see you then bye bye everybody